when we give thanks to the Lord, when we are thankful, it leads us to the topic of today's little, it's not even a full message, I'm just sharing a little bit and then we're going to uh, dive into the rest of the, the day. But there's something that is unique. It's an attribute of God's kingdom that you really won't find anywhere else. You won't find this in any other religious system. And it is certainly in, it stands in dark contrast to the systems of the world and, and most of the organizations in, in the world. And that attribute, that thankfulness invokes is that of honor. The kingdom of God is, has a kingdom culture of honor. Not just any honor, but unconditional honor. Unconditional honor. It, it's impossible to be thankful to somebody or something without honoring them, right? You, you honor them when you thank them. Thank them. To honor someone is to regard or to treat them with respect, admiration, or esteem. By the dictionary definition, to treat someone with respect, admiration, and esteem and certainly, uh, you know, yesterday, prayerfully, everybody had an opportunity um, to, to honor and to admire, um, you know, those who have served in our, in our nation to keep us safe and to uh, purchase, really to purchase and to ensure the freedoms that we have. We typically give honor to people because of exactly that. They've earned it. They deserve it, right? That's what we, we honor people whenever they earn and deserve it, whenever they've done something good for us or or just because of their title or position. You, you honor, you know, you, you give them honor. However, and trust me, I've been still looking at this, I have yet to find an example where the Bible says to honor somebody and there's a string tied to it that's a condition. Unconditional honor. I still have yet to find it. We are commanded, for example, to honor our father and mother doesn't matter if they are the worst parents on the face of the earth or how they treated you. I, I, that's it. The Bible just says honor them. We're not let off the hook, you know, for any reason. For any reason whatsoever, we're simply called to honor and to really do so unconditionally when there's no condition placed on it, to honor them. Romans 13 admonishes us to honor our governing authorities. Uh, there's no conditions placed on it. If you, if you heard the, um, the, the inauguration of the, the new Speaker of the House, you know, he had mentioned that, that, like, you know, whether you acknowledge, I, I love the statement that he made, whether you acknowledge it or not, like, God put you here. <laughs> Republican, Democrat, whatever. You're here because God placed you here. There is no authority except that which God has established. And he has purposes for raising up boneheaded pharaohs who don't care about God's people. He even has a purpose in that. So we can trust him no matter what comes our way, right? We look to him. He has a good purpose. Think about that. He raised up a bonehead Pharaoh because there was a promised land that was God's people's. And they were getting way too comfortable in Egypt. Egypt was not the promise. There was a land way better for them. But man, how often do we dig our feet in like a stick in the mud and we're like, no, Egypt's good. I want to be here. And how many times did they cry out, oh, Lord, you know, I wish it was way better there. But God has something better. And so we learn from their mistakes. We learn from their mistakes to just go with the flow. <laughs> go with the flow. Just go with what the Lord's doing. Jump in the flow of the Spirit and just have some fun in it, you know? Even when things are rough in this world, God is leading us into something good. Uh, we're also called to honor one another above ourselves. And that comes from Romans 12.10. Um, I love this quote from Bill Johnson. 
He said a culture of honor is celebrating who a person is without stumbling over who they are not. That's a really cool quote. It's a really challenging one. There's something honorable about every single person on the face of the earth. There's something good in them. Because why? They're created in the image of God. There has to be something good in every single person, right? It's got to be. A culture of honor and what we're called to do in the kingdom of God by honoring others above ourselves, Romans 12.10, it's challenging to honor some people, especially people who have mistreated us and whatnot. But there's always something that you can call out. And that's why we are a, a kingdom of prophets, right? We're a royal priesthood. The reason the Bible calls God's people those things is because you really out prophetically sometimes that that honorable thing now as a disclaimer that doesn't mean that you're you embrace people's sin because that's not who they are what we're calling out is who the person is who they were created to be those good attributes in them but there's something powerful and transforming that happens when we begin to celebrate and to honor people for who they are instead of griping about the people they are not right how many times do we gripe about people for not being a certain way? And the reality is they weren't even created that way. They, they, can't, they can't be. You're expecting them to be something that they cannot be because the Lord didn't gift them with that whatever, ability or strength or whatnot. But think about how transforming it would be if we really embraced a culture of honor and we started honoring people for who they are and for their strengths. Instead of griping at them and condemning them and beating them up about their weaknesses, right? Think about a marriage. What would a marriage look like if you just honored each other for, you know, and, instead of leaving the toilet seat up or, you know, whatever, leaving a light on? Or what, what happened if instead of griping at each other about those things that annoy us about each other, we started honoring them about the things you do appreciate about them, you know? It would transform a marriage, a family, a household, a community. It just goes on and on and on. So... Here's the, the awesome thing about us as a church family. With the Holy Spirit in common and unifying us, we are called, in 1 Corinthians 12, the body of Christ. And honor is a key part of this, as you're about to see. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 12 to 14 and on through 26. So if you're wanting to follow along with me in your Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. Paul said, just as a body, though one has many parts... But all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jew, Gentile, slave, or free. We were all given one spirit to drink. I don't know how you can get past this whole, like, you know, not getting drunk in the spirit, but getting, you know, I mean, come on, it's just you drink in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 14. We're given one spirit to drink, so drink it up. Even though... Even so, I can't read my own, even so, the body is not made up of one part but many. So we understand this concept, right? You take a look at your body. Whether you like your body or not, you know, God, God gave you this body. And although it's one body, it's made up of many different parts. So many parts. Even your parts are made up of parts. And those parts are made up of parts. And you start getting down to the molecular level, it's crazy. You know, back in my day, you know, now we found there's even parts to those parts that we were thought were the smallest building blocks. You know, it's amazing. You've got tiny little machines inside yourselves that are making things happen. Like, 
Insane. Intelligent creator. I mean, the deeper you go and the more intricate you look, the more you just see the, the fingerprint of, of the creator. But each part of your body, when it is honored, it also honors the others. Each part of your body is equally concerned for the other parts. And if you don't believe that, let one part of your body suffer and see what happens to the rest of them, right? And that's exactly what Paul goes on to teach in verse 21. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Well, because it doesn't have a voice, first of all, but <laughs> that's just my, my, my little snippy, anyways. <laughs> the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, they're actually indispensable. The parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts, they need no special treatment. But God has put the parts of the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that all of its parts should have equal concern one for the other. Because if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. You know, all the parts of the body, they're all honored. They're all honored. And trust me, this, this, the, the terms in our culture today that drive me crazy are like the difference between equality and equity. Equal opportunity versus everybody deserves the same thing. You know, whether you work for it or whether it gets handed to you, those things drive me crazy. But here we are in, in the Word of God, and it's teaching this, this idea of equitable honor. The parts that are less honorable, they are given more honor so that all the parts are equally honored. They have equal concern for one another. Some are given greater honor that naturally lack it. Some are naturally honored, and they require less honor. So you've got this equitable system here in the body. In this way, each part has equal concern for one another and acknowledge that each part is indispensable. Every part is needed. Some are more public parts of the body. Think about this in the body of Christ. Some parts of the body of Christ are just more public. The ones up here on stage, you know? I don't know how many times I, I, I go through the community and people know me and everything about me. I don't know who they are. I don't even know their name. I don't know how they know them. And you just kind of go along with it, you know. But some parts are more public. Um, evangelists, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, the five-fold ministry. Those are public parts of the body of Christ. They're, they don't need much honor because they just are naturally honored. I mean, look, we build dang stages so that you're up above everybody else. Like, it's crazy. There's honor naturally in those positions. In, in, for the functions that they perform, they perform public functions. However, those parts that function behind the scenes, they are just as important and necessary parts of the body of Christ. They're indispensable, even though they don't receive much honor naturally. Gifts of administration... Um, gifts of service, gifts of spiritual discernment, gifts of generosity, gifts of encouragement, gifts of mercy. These are all parts of the body of Christ. They are all spiritual gifts that are given, and yet they're not very honorable positions. They always work behind the scenes, and the only time you don't realize that they are necessary are when they are not working behind the scenes, you know. Um, but they're, they don't usually receive the same publicity and acknowledgement and honor as speaking gifts, for example. But they are just as indispensable and important. Um, 
you think about this. People will spend hundreds of dollars. I, I don't know. Who, anybody here, wives, like to go get themselves fancied up? I know Bethany, she decided to get her nails done for like a dance. And I'm like, oh, I walk in and I look at the board and I'm like, oh, okay. You're getting the fake acrylic things, right? Oh, no. <laughs> hundreds of dollars to get their nails or their eyelashes done or they got this like laser eyebrow thing or something. I don't know. This little string thing. I don't know. I, I'm learning all this stuff as my daughters are teens, and I don't get it all. You know, they'll, they'll, or their hair. I mean, I know that Bethany's got like crazy hair, and we went and got it dyed once. And I'm gonna keep picking on Bethany because she's just a high maintenance, expensive daughter. Now, <laughs> on rare occasion, on rare occasion when we choose to to be on. But, you know, to, to get your hair dyed, it's crazy. I mean, Annette, right? I mean, you you understand? You know, you, you charge the ladies, right? Where is she? She's working behind the scenes. I love it, see? However, you can spend hundreds of dollars on these things and make them look good or whatever. They really, you don't value in the same way your kidneys or your lungs or your ACL till something's wrong with them, right? Until they don't function the way that they should. They don't receive honor. You don't value them until they stop working. Then all of a sudden, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on surgeries or life flight, you know, or, or therapy, you know, physical therapy to, to get things working the way that they used to. When they need attention, whenever you're lying in ICU dealing with a major cardiac event, you're not so concerned about your nails or your hair anymore, you know? You're not worried about those things. Think about that. It's, it's, it's. So today, of course, it's an honor to be honored, but um, do I have it on? Yeah. It's an honor to be honored, but we also want to be sure that we acknowledge that who we are as a church, it's not the direct result of any one person. It's a group of all of us performing our function as a body. And when any one of us are, are, are suffering, then we all suffer. And if any one of us are honored, we all get honored. We're in this together. We are a church body, and this is the direct result and the work of each and every one of us. In 1 Thessalonians 5.12, I'm going to read through 15, it says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, those who care for you in the Lord, those who even admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn each other, those who are idle, those who are disruptive, encourage the disheartened people. Help the weak. Be patient with everybody. Make sure that nobody pays wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Honor. I mean, this is a definition of honor, to honor everyone. If someone's idle, encourage them. Like, hey, you know, what, what are you good at? What do you do? Let's, let's dive in here. Um, you know, for those who are divisive or disruptive, like, you know, hey, we come alongside of each other. And, and it's not that you start slicing off, but like, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've said this to my doctor before. They just kind of laughed at me, you know, but like if a, a part isn't working right, like, you don't just hack it off and throw it away. You do whatever's necessary to get the thing functioning the way it's supposed to function, you know. Um, that's what you do. Today we're thankful not just for those who serve the needs of New Hope, but also those who work you know, not only for the local body, but really those who serve the kingdom. Because you know that 
at least for myself, as long as I'm in leadership here, like, we are kingdom-minded, not really New Hope-minded. We're not about dragging people in the doors of this building and making sure all the seats are full, although we'd love to see that happen. We are more concerned with making sure that we are being our part in the kingdom of God, that we're reaching everyone, whether they ever step foot in these doors or not, with the love of Christ. We're serving their needs, you know, we're loving and honoring them. Um, those who are doing their part to plow up hardened ground. I keep forgetting to keep my fingers over the back of this. Anyways, I could just ask my family, my poor family. They're, I'm, I'm cheap, and I'll keep making things work as long as they can work. <laughs> we make do. Anyways, we want to honor everyone who's doing some part in the body of Christ. There are those who are plowing up hardened ground, you know. There are people who are planting seed. There are people who are weeding out lies of the enemy. There are those who are watering the good seed that's already been planted. And what this means is that there are people that we are investing in. There are people that we're building relationships with, you know, in our, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our schools, and, and wherever we find ourselves. You're building relationships with people. Those people who are learning about Christ by just seeing you, you know, whether you're speaking the words or not, you know, they're, they're observing your life and you're being an example, an ambassador of God's kingdom. Um, they're learning about Christ. They're being invited to become members of God's kingdom. And, and ultimately, yes, the local body of Christ, whether that's here at No Hope or some other church, wherever they fit, wherever God wants them to be, that's where we want them to be. And there are times and seasons, and that's why people will come and be a part of this body for a season. Then the Lord will take them to another part that needs them. And it's just so cool to be a part of the kingdom of God. All brothers and sisters in Christ. They may never, you know, but you're doing your part. You're planting seed. You're plowing up ground. You're watering. And even if they never accept that invitation into God's kingdom, you're still doing your part. You're going to be rewarded for it. Whether they ever step foot in these doors or not, doesn't matter. You're going to be rewarded for doing your part in the kingdom of God. The results are not up to us. I don't know if you ever read through the New Testament, the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but not even Jesus was able to save everyone. Think about that reality. God in the flesh, and yet even he was rejected. So if they reject him in the flesh, there's going to be people who reject your message about him, right? So the results aren't up to you. They're up to the Lord, right? In fact, we're going to read a quick scripture about that as we're starting to close up here. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. And um, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, Is Apollos important? Nope. Is Paul important? Nope. We are all only servants of God who helped you to believe. Each one of us did the work that God gave us to do. Paul said, I planted the seed. Apollos came along and watered it. But God is the one who made it grow. So the one who plants is not important. The one who waters is not important. Only God matters. He is the only one who can make things grow. The one who plants, the one who waters, they have the same purpose. And each one of them are going to be rewarded for their work. We are God's workers working together. And you are like God's farm. I love that. It's a new century version. That's it. We should do our part. Results are up to God. He's the only one that can make anything grow. All we can do is get out there and plow or plant seed or weed or water or whatever your part is. You do your thing. You do your part. The part that God created you to do. And the results are up to him. In fact, Jesus taught this little um, 
parable. Real short one, three verses. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or whether he gets up. The seed still sprouts and grows. He doesn't know how, but it happens. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, then he puts the sickle to it because the time of the harvest has come. God makes it grow. It's amazing. It's a miracle to watch, especially, you know, children, like, you know, especially the cool 3D sonograms now. It's amazing to watch. You didn't really do anything but your part. And then God makes things grow. It's all up to him. So whether it is preaching and evangelizing to stadiumfuls of people, whether it's just serving the needs of your neighbor next door, or whether it's working hard to meet the needs of your family, whether it's simply raising up kids to be decent human beings who know and love God. You are a critical part of the body of Christ. You are a critical part of the kingdom of God, and you're doing your part. And so today and always, we want to acknowledge and to honor every single one of us who makes up the body of Christ. You may not feel that you're doing much of anything, but oh my... Without you, you're an indispensable part. Without you doing what you do, then the body here would not be healthy spiritually. And so, I'm grateful for you. And of course, ultimately, all of us are simply grateful to God because he's the one that's making this whole thing happen. He's the one that's growing us and maturing us and uh, shaping us to be exactly who he wants us to be. And so I'm going to uh, close in prayer and then hand over to the elders. And so, Jesus, we do thank you for loving and saving us. <laughs> but Lord, we know that your salvation is not just for us, it's for everyone. And so help me, Jesus, to realize why you created me the way that I am. Help me to realize the giftings and the strengths that you have given me. And Jesus, I'll give them right back to you. I will use the gifts and the strengths that you have given me to love and to serve all those around me. Of course, I'm going to love and serve my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to honor them. But Jesus, help me to live like you lived, to also honor those who don't know you yet. To help me to love and to honor those who believe lies about you or who deny that you even exist. Help me to honor them anyways and to love them and to serve them so that I can give you something to grow. I know that seed doesn't grow in a packet. Someone's got to plant it. So Jesus, help me to do my part. To do my part so that I give you work that you can bless. Work that you can grow. So that you can be made known in and through me. Thank you for that honor and privilege in your name. Amen.